I want to share a message this morning entitled, Lift Up Your Head. Lift Up Your Head. And that is not a plea for me to wake up while I'm preaching, okay? But uh, if, you do, if you do sleep, just, just act like you're reading your Bible like that. That's what we used to do in chapel. Um, no, lift up your head. Uh, what an interesting week it's been in our world. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, my phone is actually just going off, going crazy, actually, during the worship time, because uh, uh, I think uh, Putin is uh, making threats that he's making and, and, and threatening to escalate things. Pardon me? Oh, no, it's not Mary Lou. It was... I thought, I thought what the... Okay. It's been one of those days, church, I tell you what. That's the voice of the Lord. That's the boy. I thought it was a lot deeper than that. Anyway, I think it was Twitter, uh, by the way. It wasn't Mary Lou. But, uh, but no, um, inevitably what happens when we see some things placed in our world like we're seeing, and I've gotten this question multiple times already, people ask, well, what, what's the Bible have to say about this? And where... Where does the church fit in on this? How should we respond to this? And that's why I decided to take us to Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 7, because uh, Jesus talked about some of the stuff that we're seeing. And I want to give you our response to that. Um, and let, let me preface everything by saying this. You don't have to walk in fear. Okay? Because that's not how God acts. Okay? God does not expect us to live in fear. Now, that doesn't mean we're apathetic. It doesn't mean that we're intellectually lazy. But you don't have to walk around in fear of what might happen to you or, or, or your, your family if we know Jesus, we know God's got us, right? Right? And so, how should we respond when we see stuff like this? I think it's important for us to take a look at that. Next week, Lord willing, I'm going to start a brand new series leading us to Easter. But this moment today, I thought it'd be good for us to kind of examine this scripture and see what the Lord has to say about how we should respond. Okay? So, if you're able to Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? We're going to read this together. Luke chapter 21. We're going to start in verse 7. I'm in the New International Version. I know there's a lot of translations out there. That's awesome. Let's read ours all together. Uh, You follow along with me as I read out loud. And uh, let's see what the Lord has to say. Okay, starting in verse 7. Teacher, they asked, and these are the disciples addressing Jesus, okay? When will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? And he replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he. And the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. 
Then he said to them, nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from the heavens. But before all this, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you'll be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you the words and the wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. How many of you are encouraged so far by this? Okay, hang with me. Hang with me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you'll win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that's been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against the people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. So Jesus... I pray that you would give us a word that we could take with ourselves when we see things on the news and when we hear stuff and we experience things. God, I pray that your word would be an encouragement to us, God, a strengthening for us. Speak to us now, Lord God, I pray, and we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, and we all say amen. Amen. You may be seated. So good to have such a great crowd here today, and uh, so good to see many of you uh, that we haven't seen in a while because of sickness and things. It's so good. And so keep praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ, amen? And uh, we'll, we'll keep praying for our church family. Now, uh, as I said, it's been quite a week this week uh, as we have seen uh, Russia uh, invade, they don't like to use that word, but invade the country of Ukraine. And uh, first, let let me pause here, okay? If you're looking for me to kind of break down like prophecy and Gog and Magog and and, and some of this other stuff, okay, I'm probably not your guy. I I mean, not that I ignore prophecy, okay, but I'm not going to give you a big dissertation today on prophetic events from Ezekiel and Daniel and and the book of Revelation. those are great books. I'm not discounting that. That's not my purpose here today, okay? Uh, and, and let me also say that there are a lot of prophecy experts out there, and they all have a YouTube channel and room in their mother's basement, and, and they, will, they will make a video for you. That doesn't mean they're all correct, 
How many of you know any of us can make a YouTube video? Okay? Trust me, they have YouTube videos for everything. Uh, and they're not all accurate. So let's be careful where we get our doctrine, especially at times like these. Do you hear what I'm saying here today? Okay, okay. Some of you, some of you are, are kind of scanning your memory of your YouTube viewing and you think, well, hey, what's wrong with that? Uh, I'm not saying it's all wrong. Just be careful with where you get your doctrine. It needs to be biblically based, okay? Now, we at this church and, and most believe this, that there is a moment coming in the future, it could be today, called the rapture, where Jesus will call his church, those that are devoted to him, those that are his, those that have made themselves right with God. He will call us. There will be a great shout, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain will meet Jesus in the clouds. The Bible tells us that that is our blessed hope, that one day we will be with Jesus. And if you think cable news is crazy now, can you imagine CNN covering the rapture, okay? And it'll be Trump's fault, but uh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Shame on me. Okay. I'm just joking, by the way. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but wow, the, the, the craziness that will take place in our world. For seven years after that moment, there will be a tribulation time. It's a time of judgment on the world. And... Uh, not a time to be left behind. Uh, we need to be right with Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Then after that, Jesus will come back. Uh, and in the rapture, he comes for his church. But in the second coming, he comes with his church. Okay? And that will be something, let me tell you. And we just saw a peek into what it's going to be like leading to that second coming of Jesus, okay? You with me so far? So Jesus just kind of went there talking about things going on in the, in the sky and, 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 and stuff like that. Now, our responsibility as the church is to live in such a way where we feel like this could happen at any moment. And the Bible says that no man knows the day nor the hour when Jesus will come for his people, when the rapture will take place. We don't know when that will be. People have tried to write books and make YouTube videos on that, okay? And and the Bible says no man knows the day, no man knows the hour. So if somebody wants to tell you, in fact, I may remember about 10 years ago, there were billboards everywhere. Jesus is coming on May, such and such a date, 2011. Well, we're still here. So a lot of people have failed at that. Uh, I say, let's just leave that up to Jesus, and let's just, let's just exercise our responsibility as his followers right now. Okay? So what should we do when these days are happening around us? 
What, how should the church respond in days like these? When you turn on cable news and you see some craziness going on, and again, people immediately start thinking end times, end times, end times, and rightfully so. So how should we respond? I want to give you three directions that I could pull from the scripture that we just read. You ready? Number one, look around you. Look around you. Jesus, Jesus points out that there will be some visible signs in people that will show you that his coming is near. Look at verse 8. Okay? Verse 8 says this, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and saying, the time has come, but don't believe them. Now, here's the deal. We don't see this so in the United States. If we do, we usually kind of throw them, we kind of shelve them as like, okay, they're crazy. Okay? Right? And, and they are. All right? Uh, let me show you an example here in this next slide. It's kind of interesting. Uh, on the left, you see, uh, you see this guy. This is in Brazil, okay? And, and this guy claims to be Jesus. He has about 12 disciples, most of them women. And they cart him around. They cart him around in this little cart with, with the cross and with the little tassel thing going on. And this guy has a following. This guy has a following. See, here's the deal. In every single one of us, I want you to hear this. In every single one of us, there is a desire to be led by somebody. You may not think that, but there is. It's called having a Lord. If Jesus is your Lord, that's whom you should follow. Anything else that controls you is a false Lord, a false Messiah. Anything that leads you away from Scripture. Folks, come on. And that, on the right, false doctrine. I identify this. Jesus is exposing deception. Jesus is saying there's going to be some deception out there. And this is why. And and, and I'm so thankful for our Assembly of God General Superintendent Doug Clay. One of his missions uh, as, as our general superintendent for the entire Assemblies of God is he wants biblical literacy to be prevalent in our entire fellowship. His concern, and I will tell you my concern, is that we have a lot of people who go to church every Sunday, but they don't know the Bible. We don't know the Word. And so it's easy to fall for deception because we don't know, thus saith the Lord. We don't know what the scripture actually says. And so what happens? That opens us up to be misled. How can people follow some, some old guy who needs a haircut and another robe? Uh, how, how can people surrender their entire lives to this? Because they don't know what this says. But it's not just in Brazil, ladies and gentlemen. There are people in the United States that have no clue what this says. It goes into our politics. It goes into our culture. 
People will say, well, God must be okay with this particular sin because he's a God of love. And you're only half correct. Yes, he's a God of love, but he loves us so much that he cannot tolerate sin. I'll get, I'll get to that a little bit more. So, there's deception. Look at verse 9 and 10. It says, When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The situation in Ukraine, for example, and that is not the only war that's taking place right now, by the way. There, there, there are a lot of wars going on in our world, a ton of them. But specifically, we've been hit pretty hard by Ukraine and, and, and Russia. And again, I understand that Putin is just saying more stuff, more threatening stuff lately. I just know that God's in control. And by the way, can I tell you, the convoy of hope is at the Ukrainian border. That's why we support the convoy of hope. So they're taking in refugees that are fleeing Ukraine and giving them supplies and food and trying to help them now. That is amazing. And that's why this church supports them as one of our missions organizations. And I'm so thankful for that. Now, back to, back to this. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. And again, I don't fancy myself particularly as a prophecy expert and where this falls into place yet. Because I think a lot still needs to happen before we start saying, well, Ezekiel says this, and so this is happening, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I'm saying. Jesus identified that when we start to see this kind of stuff happening, his coming is soon. Okay, so we're seeing this happen, which means Jesus is coming soon. Do you know, my generation and the generation below me, we have lost, we have lost the meaning of that phrase. Jesus is coming soon. The generation that's older than me, some of you are in here, you know the idea that Jesus could come at any moment. And, and, and the Bible tells us that's our blessed hope. That's what we hope for. And, and now we have a society. I literally had a girl tell me, I, I want to get married first before the rapture takes place. It's like, oh my gosh. And we, we think, and, and nothing wrong with marriage, okay? Some of you are very good at it. Uh, but, but there's nothing wrong with marriage at all. What I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is that anything that heaven has for us is so far superior than what we could have here on the earth. I just want to make a lot of money. You have no idea. You have no idea. No eye has seen, no ear has heard just the greatness and the beautiful things that God has in store for his children. And so the idea that Jesus could come back at any time should be a welcome thing for us. Amen? No more snow. Come on. 
Yeah, now revival's breaking out. (laughs) No taxes, no more pain, no more sickness. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. That's how the old hymn goes. There'll be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day. That will be. Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars. Look, look at verse 11. Then he says, there will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. I don't know that we have to wait too long before we see some examples of earthquakes, of disasters, natural disasters. Goodness, right before I went to bed, I saw that there was a magnitude 4 point something earthquake in California last night. Now, <laughs> they call that Saturday, but, but right? I mean, wow. <laughs> Those of you watching from California, I'm just teasing you. Uh, but uh, wow, you know, we see this. We see natural, we see floods. We see mudslides in some places that are just devastating. I've been to Haiti that experienced now two huge earthquakes in the last decade. And Jesus said, when you start seeing disasters of these kinds, and when you start seeing some of this happen, look up. But before we look up, I want you to look around you. And then after we look around ourselves, I want to challenge you to look inward. Don't just look around you, but look in. Now, Jesus gives a scenario to those that are listening to him teach. And he says that there will be a time where persecution is going to hit the church. Look what he has to say. Uh, Again, starting in verse 12. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison You'll be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm. And you will win life. I will tell you that right now we are at a place where the church and biblical values are being challenged and persecuted today. The scene on the left, the man on the left is a pastor in Canada by the name of Tim Stevens. He's hugging his family because that police officer in Canada is about to arrest him for having church in his home. What? Do you know 
that for me to stand up here and tell you that homosexuality is a sin and is not blessed by God in any way, shape, or form, for me to say that would be considered hate speech in some places. I would be threatened with arrest for saying the truth. The church is being persecuted. Our values are being belittled. The experts in our culture will say that what we have, what we hold dear, what we have as our doctrine, is just antiquated, it's obsolete, it doesn't mean anything anymore, it's old-fashioned, it doesn't work. And I will tell you that the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so our culture might change, but God's word does not change. Our culture might say that this sin is okay, and this sin is okay, and this sin is okay, but what does the Bible have to say? We know we can stand on God's holy word, which doesn't change, but that will be challenged. It'll be challenged. And now we live in a time where, where social media gives a lot of people keyboard muscle to challenge other people without ever meeting them face-to-face. And, and people get bullied. People get mocked just for having a biblically correct view. Our former vice president, Mike Pence, I'm not giving you a campaign speech here today, but our former vice president... Mike Pence was mocked severely by the entertainment culture because he refused to meet by himself with a woman without his wife being present. He put those safeguards there so he would never be accused of an improper relationship. Our society mocked that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our college campuses, uh, uh, Hannah just sent me a, a text uh, fr- from a, a, a book she was reading for her class. It's supposed to be a Christian school. And, and it was doubting the authenticity of the Word of God. It, 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 was, it was claiming that God was okay with some things that the culture says is okay, but the Bible says it's not. Folks, it's all over the place right now. And I think the question to ask ourselves is how will we respond to this? How does our faith in God, or how deep is our faith in God, I should say, when persecution comes our way? I'll stand for God here in this church. Yay. It's easy in here. But when you go in the workplace, that's where it gets challenging. When you're on social media, that's where... And look, Christians, I'm not telling you to look for a fight, okay? Let's be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So don't be that Christian, okay? Yeah, I'm just going to throw all kinds of garbage out there to make people mad, and then I'll make myself a victim if they challenge me. Okay, don't do that. Don't be looking for a fight. Do you hear me today? Don't look for a fight. 
but your values will be compromised. How do you respond? Will you give in? Cassie Bernal, you may not know her name now. Some of you do. She was a student at Columbine High School. That might ring a bell now for some. Back in 1998, April 15th, a day I'll never forget. Hiding underneath a table in the library and a fellow student, Eric Harris, held a gun to her and said, do you believe in God? He knew of her faith. She said, yes, I believe in Jesus. And those were the last words that she ever said. Oh, that we would have more Cassie Bernals in the church. Can you say amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 5 says this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're persecuted for your faith, you are a blessed woman, a blessed man. I don't like it. You're not supposed to like it. But you're blessed. You're blessed. Finally, I would invite you today to not only look around you, to not only look within you and see how deep your faith really is, but then Jesus says, look up, look up. Verse 28, Jesus says this, so when all these things begin to happen, how many would agree with me that some of this stuff has begun to happen? Would you say amen? Stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Your redemption, King James says, draweth nigh. I want to invite you today to, in these times, to look up for two things, and then I'm going to close. Look up for your salvation. Can I just ask you, are you ready to meet Jesus today? Pastor, that's old-fashioned preaching. (laughs) I don't think so. Are you ready for Jesus? If he were to come before church is over, would you go? Are you ready today? Jesus illustrates this in a parable in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 36. He says, but... About that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the day of Noah, so will be for the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to encourage you that with the days that are taking place right now, there's an answer and your direction needs to be up. Look into God for your salvation because your salvation is near. 
Your redemption is drawing near. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Look to God for your salvation. And then finally, and Jonathan, if you could help me, I want to invite you to look to God for your protection. Now, I'm not making fun of any of these, but there, will, there are some that will tell you, get a year's supply of food and dig a shelter. You know, I'm not here to tell you to do that, okay? And if you're doing that, great. Okay, great. Uh, but I think that our protection... Even more than what we as humans can do, our protection comes from God. Because God has his hand on us still. Have you ever read through the book of Revelation? Some of you just freaks you out. Okay? Because, oh my goodness, the trumpets and the, and the bowls and, and, and flying things and people dying. And then, wow! And, 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 and it's It's incredible. I honestly wish a producer that knew what they were doing would somehow capture the book of Revelation on film and not make it goofy or cheesy, right? But I don't know that we could actually picture. But when I read the book of Revelation, constantly with every judgment, with everything that happens on earth, I'm reminded of one fact, that God is always in control. With every judgment in the book of Revelation, God sets the limits. Nowhere in the book of Revelation does God say, oh man, not that much. Nowhere does God lose control. Nowhere is it so excessive that it's like, wow, what were we doing there, angels? Throughout the entire thing, God's in control. The fancy word for that is that God is sovereign. His sovereignty, that doesn't start with the book of Revelation. It's right now. God's in control. God is not fearful about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. You think he called a special meeting with his angels because, oh, guys, look what Putin did. Power lunch at noon. No, he knows. He's not caught off guard. I don't know what the future holds. You know, there's an old hymn that I actually stood up here and sang on the day that we had to shut down because of COVID two years ago. And I'll spare you the song. But the lyrics say, many things about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. I don't know anything about tomorrow. 
some of you can relate to this. The older I get, the less I, I got it figured out. The older I get, my son will testify to this, the older I get, the more clueless I become. Amen. <laughs> but I know who holds my hand. Paul gives this description in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that we who are alive will be left, and, le- and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Look at verse 18. Therefore, Therefore, live in fear. Therefore, be scared to death of the end times. That's not what that says. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When you say Jesus is coming, that doesn't mean you're trying to catch somebody in a sin trap. (laughs) When you say Jesus is coming, you're encouraging that person, Jesus is coming. You might be in pain, but Jesus is coming. You might be stressed, but Jesus is coming soon. You, you may not be really fulfilled in your life right now, but hey, Jesus is coming soon. And when, when you start seeing these false prophets and this deception and these earthquakes and these wars and these rumors of wars, our encouraging word to each other is this, look up, because your redemption's coming, it's near. Your salvation comes from Jesus. And I will tell you, your protection comes from Jesus. He's got you. The world might be chaotic, but God never is. God never operates on chaos. And he's got us. And he's got you. So to the one who might be fearful today, don't you dare be fearful. Because he's holding your hand. He's got you. Your redemption, your salvation, it's near. Look to Jesus. Could we stand, all of us? You know, I asked this question earlier. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you would respect the privacy of this moment, I would appreciate that. But I'm going to ask again, are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready to meet Jesus? That might sound old-fashioned to you, but it's not. This is just gospel, folks. Jesus is coming soon. Will you go with him? Will you go with him? If you're not ready, you can be absolutely ready by the time you leave this building here today. We can ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and make him the Lord of our lives. And today, if you'll say, Pastor Phil, I need Jesus. I need to be ready. I am not in a right relationship with God. I want to be before I leave this place here today. If that is you, would you simply just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to be right with Jesus. Thank you. Are there others? I want to be right with Jesus. I want to be right with Jesus. Yes, thank you. I want to be right with Jesus. No more games. No more doing things my way. I'm going to do things the Lord's way. His coming is too soon for me to take a chance anymore. His coming is too soon for me to play around. Is there anyone else? Very quickly.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for those that slip their hand up in just a little bit. But I also want to pray for everybody in here today. If your faith gets tested, I pray that you are deep enough in your faith to pass the test. Don't give in to persecution. Don't give in to ridicule. Don't give in to mockery. You're in good company. Jesus experienced the same. He said you could stand with him. In fact, he'll give you the words that you need. That's a promise that we have in the scriptures. I want to encourage you today. Jesus is with you throughout this entire time. So I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask us all to pray in just a little bit. But maybe you need to respond to the Lord today and you need to get alone with God and say, Lord, help me to be deeper in my walk with you. Lord, help me to recognize the times, not be stressed about it, but Lord, help me to recognize the times and to do what your word tells me to do. And maybe you just need to get alone with God, maybe at this altar, maybe at this front area, maybe at your seat. But we're going to make this place a place of prayer. I challenge you to respond to God today and walk out of here, not stressed by what you might uh, watch on cable news, but encouraged by what you read in the scriptures here today. First of all, could we all just repeat this prayer? And those of you who raised your hand to get right with God, I'm going to ask you to definitely pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. Let's repeat this. Dear Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life and become my Lord. Help me to do things your way more than my way. Help me to live for you every day. Guard me. Give me strength. Help me to make you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I pray that you would be with every individual under the sound of my voice. God, we will not be shook by what happens in any part of our world, whether it be in our city or the other side of the world. God, we will not be shook. God, we will look around us and recognize that we're in the times. God, we'll look inward, Lord. And God, for those of us who need to make a fresh commitment to go deeper in our walk with you, Lord, I ask you that you would give us that hunger and that thirst to do that. And Lord, we look up to you. You're our salvation. You're our strength. You're our protector. You're the one that'll save us. Not a government, not a leader, not an elected position, not a pastor, not a church. You, Lord God, are our source of everything. So Lord, we look to you. We look to you. So God, help us to walk that out, not just today. But all week, Lord God, help us to live this thing out. And God, I'll thank you for what you do in your people's lives. And it's in your name we pray all this. Amen. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. Find a place that you could get along with God. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless.